Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, family? Sport Anthony O'Neill. Before we get to today's show, man, I have a quick announcement to share with you that I'm super excited to share. Yo, on October 17th through the 27th of next year, 2024, I am going to Africa, specifically Ghana, Africa. And guess what? I want to invite some of you all to come with me as well. You know, earlier in 2023, man, I made a uh, irresponsible statement that um, I regret saying, man. And because of that, I say, you know what, let me get over to uh, Africa, specifically Ghana, and some other uh, beautiful areas over there to where I can really learn more about my culture, more about our people. And I didn't want to go over there by myself. I said, hey, let me open this up to other people who would love to go see the motherland for themselves as well. So if you want to join me on October 17th through the 27th of 2024, I want you to go to anthonyoneal.com uh, forward slash Africa. That's anthonyoneal.com forward slash Africa. It is a $200 deposit. You have 10 months to make uh, your full payments. It is super affordable. Heck, I'm even opening this trip up to your kids. All right. So listen, before we get to today's show, will you join me? Will you come? We only have 100 slots available. And our last trip, we sold out within a matter of two weeks. Uh, Registration will close the end of January, January 31st of 2024. And uh, we're going to have a good time. So join me in Africa and let's get to today's show. Peace out. We all come from different walks of life, and today's guests share the wisdom that has guided them through the ups and downs on this journey we call life. And and I want to let everybody know, everything that seems good is not God. You can do whatever you imagine you want to do, but you have to unlock that or meet somebody that can help you unlock that talent because you have it in you, but a lot of people don't know that they have it yeah. until they are in the right setting. It can be scary to be you because now your relationship seems like they're fracturing, yeah. but they were built on a false you to begin with. Having standards for yourselves, for yourself, just comes from principles. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. Alrighty now, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the table. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get real, we're gonna get right. Oh, building up wealth, we're gonna give life. Welcome to the table. The truth of the matter is there's a couple reasons, and I'm a, I'm going to go um, real pastor for a second just so you can get Do the it. context of this. Um, man, I've come from a lot of crap. Like, the mm. stuff I've done in the dark is way worse than the stuff that anybody's ever seen me do in the light. And right. especially trying to live this thing out out loud publicly in front of people actually love people that that hate on you and 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 just be a good husband and be a good father like i i'm really trying to live this thing and so um when i look at the bible it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb that's what jesus did i have nothing to do with that but my part of that scripture is and the words of my testimony Mm. and so for me Somebody who was addicted to pornography, had manipulation all in my G- DNA and, and idea ideology. Somebody who had a very dark things in my heart. The only reason I'm free right now is because I share my testimony. And a lot of people are still bound because they think somehow they're freer with people not knowing. But God said the only way you stay free actually is by what I did at the cross and then sharing your testimony. I haven't forgot my mat. I, I'm going to tell you what I was addicted to you too and I'm gonna tell you how close I am to walking back there if I didn't have community and accountability and all those different things so the first reason I gotta share it is because that's how I stay free and I feel that thing right now bro there are so many people that are so close to destroying their life again and going back to the thing because they are silent and God says there is power of overcoming that thing if you would share it and so for me I just said I'm gonna go first I'm going to go first. You don't have to speculate. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> like, I, you don't have to try to figure out what was going on. I'm going to give you the exact details because this is the way I stay free. And so for me, 
sharing things that happened a year ago, number one is confirmation that God put his hand on it. Why? Because I finished the book before the spit hit the fan. <laughs> so God tells me to write the book, no damage publicly, finish the book. The next month, spit hits the fan. God said, I'm going <laughs> to give you the best public relations in the world for this next book. And I'm like, Lord, if you could have done it a different way, I would have really <laughs> took it in. Like you could have really done this differently. But he said, Michael, I want people to see how you handle the mountaintop with me and how you handle the valley. I need people to understand. So that's why I'm saying this is real for me. This wasn't like, let me use this to spin the narrative. The book was done. I had to go back and add when the spit hits the fan. I had to go back and put all that stuff in there because God said, I'm going to make this real, real for you. I'm going to let the crowd turn on you. I'm going to let the fans become fanatic and I'm going to let them try to come at you. I want this to be real. And then I want you to stand. I want you to make sure you preserve your soul. And then I want you to go feed people that used to throw stones at you because they need to know how to deal with adversity if they're going to be at any level of success in this earth for me. And so, bro, that's the first reason that I'm doing it is because this is how I overcome. The second reason that I'm, I'm doing this book is because I never saw anybody in my position do this so that I didn't have to walk through the same um, pitfalls. Everybody that's really sharing their story authentically they're 75 before they do it. And so by the time I need it, like by, by the time like I, I'm in the crucible of it, it's not the, the, the examples don't make sense. Like if I was sharing about uh, an example about the telephone book, like that doesn't that doesn't equate to anybody because that's not the age we live in. Like you can literally find the tech through technology, anybody. I wanted it to be real and I wanted to be current. And I just believe that God is doing current miracles. He's he, he's raising up current like uh, uh, people to advance the kingdom. And if we don't tell the story, the narrative of um, other people are getting way more shine than what God's doing in people's lives. And so most people would have folded if they would have walked through a tenth of what I would have walked through. They would have folded. And, bro, I'm here more ready, more clear more called than I've ever been, bro, because I know what that purification process has done for me. And so I had to write it. I had to, I had to be obedient because somebody out there watching this, listening to this, they're going to face similar things and they need to know that we can make it through this. Like the value is still in you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I like about you, Mike, and I really want you to talk about this, man, because you know, they, they call you the, the, the pastor of our generation. Like it's, it's, you're so real, you're so relevant, you're so relatable. And I feel as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're 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 in this chair now as, as a senior pastor. But sometimes I feel as if the church, I'm not not saying particular church, but I'm thinking sometimes the church, we only talk about the triumph, we don't talk about the trauma. We only talk about the success. We don't talk about the hell that we went through. We, we, we only talk about marriage, but we don't talk about the whole season that we had. Come on, and it's dog. Like, it's, 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 it's like, for me, I'm like, is that why we're not seeing as many people come to Christ? Because the church, per se, we're only, we're only talking about the highlight, but we're not addressing the damaged stuff that we've all been through. Yes. Heck, let's be real. We're not even talking about some of the things that we still are battling, we're still working through. Talk, talk. But, talk. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but hey, I know on the inside I'm dealing with this, but God, da 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 And then it's like, I feel as if the reason why you've been able to really capture America, not just America, the world, the way that you have is because you're leading with books like this. You're leading with, but let me be transparent and honest with you all. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Um, yeah. What can we do better as the church? I'm yeah. talking about all of us yeah. to really bring more people into Christ without, watch this, because I do want to be respectful and say, hey, listen, some things we don't need to be talking about. Yes, let's, let's be real. Not everything yeah. needs to be out. Yeah. But yeah. how can we still be relevant and real and show some of our trauma without it uh, misrepresenting the kingdom to bring more people in? One word. Remember, 
<laughs> if you would just remember who you were, where you were, what you were doing when the grace of yeah. God found you. If you would just remember you getting on the Bible app and then getting on a pornography website. If you would just remember you taking your tithe money and spending it to go on a trip with your friends. If you would just, re I mean, come on, let's think about it. If you would just remember all the times you said, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll never. And you went back the next weekend and did the same thing. It's like we have this amnesia, this like, like where we forget. And if we get a season of being away or maturing from something, then we crucify people who were in the season we was just in. And it's just mm. like, it's like, if you don't get that it was the unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor and kindness of God that found you, and now you're putting blockages, blockages between people and the cross, like, what are you doing? You become a stumbling block. You become somebody who is preventing people. And, and a lot of Christians are actually Pharisees and Sadducees. If we want to get deep into it, like they remember all the customs and the religious things, but Jesus comes in the new Testament. And he says, I don't mean to preach today on here, Anthony, but it's just, on, it's man. coming hey, out of me thing, right now. But, but he literally on, says, you can prophesy, you can speak in other tongues. You can literally have angels in communication with you. But if you do not have love, everything that you do, it's like a, a gong, a clanging cymbal. What he's saying is everything you do outside of love is annoying to me. Mm. And how many believers are walking, doing God's will, but they're not doing it in love. They're actually doing it out of insecurity. They're trying to create levels to where they are and where somebody else is. And that's why I just keep saying, man, if we all could really get healed, if we all could deal with our trauma, because that comes from somewhere, like how we act how we come into a room, how we retreat, all that stuff is connected to something. And if we could deal with the roots of stuff, we could change the fruit of stuff. And so for me, man, I, I'm, I just think the church has to do a better job at remembering. And then when we remember, then you can relate. It's very hard to correct somebody you don't have relationship with. Like, I don't want nobody coming to tell me nothing and you ain't said hi to me. You don't know my name. You don't know. Talk. Like the first thing you going to say to me is you need to change clothes. You can't wear that. We don't say that. And it's like, hold, hold on. Like what other institution draws people in by casting them out? Like, come on. That is not, that is not what Jesus did. Jesus was able to have a level of emotional intelligence and spiritual aptitude to walk into adverse situations, but he was mature and he had the grounding to know that their stance, their habits, their things could not change him, but he was able to entertain their issues long enough to develop relationship with them so that the relationship could turn into revelation of who he was and that would change them. He didn't start with the revelation to change them. He started with relationship and I just think that we have done a bad job of of really it's laziness because we don't want to spend more than an hour with nobody so we want to be able to point out their issue talk to them and they change and this bounce what mm. like like this is a process people took years to get in to their uh what I call damaging delusions like the areas okay. that there are they're, they're hurting and frustrating it may be a journey to walk out of it. And the so truth good. of the matter is most people don't want to journey with nobody because they don't feel like it's worth it. But that's kind of what God commands all of us to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy, A.O. And I want to thank my friends over at BetterHelp for sponsoring today's show. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. But real quick, let's talk about holiday transitions. You see, in my family, we've always emphasized the importance of being together over gift giving. So I don't really give Christmas gifts because I value family time. Whether it's through sharing experiences or just enjoying each other's company, these moments are the most precious moments that I actually value. And speaking of precious, it's crucial to remember self-care during these times, especially the holiday seasons. You see, it's not just about giving to others, but it's also about how you treat and love on yourself. I want to share something personal with you. 
You see, over the last two years, I've personally used BetterHelp, and it's been a transformative experience for me personally. You see, therapy through BetterHelp has been a journey of self-discovery and personal growth, and I'm excited going into 2024 with everything that I've learned with BetterHelp. You see, it's not only for those facing major challenges, but for everyone who wants to learn more about themselves, develop positive coping skills, and live the best life. It's about empowerment. It's about becoming the best version of yourself for you, your family, and your loved ones. If you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's all online, which is super convenient and super flexible. You start by filling out a questionnaire, and then you'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Here's the best part. You can switch therapists anytime if you feel the need, and there's no extra charge for you on that. Now, you know I'm all about saving a dollar. This holiday season, Season, give yourself the gift of BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash AO to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash AO. Now, trust me, as we're going into 2024, it's a step towards a happier, healthier that you're really going to enjoy. All right, let's get to today's show. When you're a visionary, I feel like you just have to stay on track and surround yourself with a few people that's going to check you and hold you accountable for your actions. Because sometimes you could get so big that people don't want to check you no more. It's that's just true. a bunch of yes men. Yeah. And I see it happen all the time. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's going to fail or get back in the same situation because nobody is checking him or holding him accountable for the things that he's doing mm. just because he's making money. Like I have... People, like, it's crazy. People 50, 60 years old doing, like, and I have to check them, like, they're 10-year-old. And I'm just like, how old are you? <laughs> like, I should be getting advice from you. But now I'm checking you, putting you in your place because you're running around because you're making a little more money. And they know nobody going to say nothing. Because they got the bag. Because they got the money. And I'm just like, bro, if I'm going to be real with you, I always, I always start off the conversation like, I'm going to make you mad real quick. Uh -oh. And they'd be like, you could never make me mad. Then I sit down and say, all right, you know, lay down the facts. And they just like, you know what? I needed to hear that from somebody. Wow, wow, wow. So it's just like, once you get out that situation, just keep that goal that you had, you know, on your mind. Because I feel like whatever you put on your mind, you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always tell people that it's the mindset because I work with a lot of chefs, a lot of cooks and servers, and their mindset is like, I'm not great enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like then you will never do it or you will never be great enough to do it. But I'm like, if you say I can do this, even if you fail, you're working towards it Facts. and you're going to get better and better and better. Facts. So, ah, so, yeah, it's, it's so you moved from game. New York, yep. came here and then you, did you open up Kitchen Cray? Instantly? No. So I started Kitchen Cray like two years later after I got here because okay. I always look for a need to fill. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, you know what? They don't have, you know, black chefs out here that's popping, that's doing fun right, stuff. Right. So I said, all right, let me start Kitchen Cray. And Cray is actually the acronym is for the C is for the creativity, the R is for the revolution that we started out here with the black chefs. The A is for the artistry because we're culling every artist. Right. And the Y is for the youth because we give back to the youth. We do like a lot of um, events with, you know, the Boys and Girls Club. We created our own nonprofit. Yeah. My wife has a nonprofit, the End of Fit. Um, and... We just turned it into something cool. And we just, wow. and then I had friends that's making money. So I said, I don't care how much money you make, how much you're doing for the community. So we started this thing where we started saying positive peer pressure. Mm. So now I'm pressuring you into do something positive with your money besides spending it on yourself. Yeah. And, and I think that's why your business is so successful. Yeah, because we do a lot in the community. Yeah. And then I started doing the pop-ups. Okay. Saving my money, saving my money. I'm from New York, so you know we got the shoe boxes. We, we put them on because <laughs> I didn't really know the bank. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just like I don't want to put this amount in there. Then they be on. I pay my taxes. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'm gonna pay my taxes, but I don't want my stuff sitting in somebody yeah. else's head because yeah. I didn't understand how it really worked. Because I never made that much money before. Right. And I wanted to open. I started doing catering, and I wanted to open like a catering kitchen. So God had other plans for me. So it took me like a year to find the kitchen. Then when I was finally about to open it, people were just like, like you were coming to town, like, where can I have your food? Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just try this restaurant thing out for a while. Okay. 
and we got smacked. Like we was doing over 15,000 a day within five hours. Every day I closed within five hours, 15,000 a day. Like stress, I'm about to feel like I was gonna get a divorce with my wife because I didn't know what was going on. She didn't, she couldn't understand, you know, like how much time I had to. I used to sleep in the restaurants. Like my what? staff bought me a bed. I used to be in there 24 hours, just like trying to unlock my greatness. Like I have to master this. I can't give up because it was plenty of times where I'm closing those doors. Like yo, I can't do this. Then the next day I'm like, all right, let's, let's fight again. And yeah, I just kept doing it. And then I made enough money to open the second one and then wow. the third one. Yeah. And then now I consult for people too. So yeah. you might have a restaurant and say, yo, how much it costs? Hey, give me 50,000, I'll be there. Right. And I come down there for two weeks, you give me my 50,000, I get your stuff together and then we could make a partnership or you can put me on salary and I'll come down once a month to make sure everything is in place. Or I could send down one of my chefs to do the same thing. So yeah. now you, you've built this, yeah. this business. Yep. I call it a legacy because that's going to impact your family. And now you're helping other people with your wisdom and knowledge and experience build something to hopefully to hopefully help them avoid some of the mistakes that you've made. Yep. And wow. then now we have a transportation company okay. as well. So we have the trucks. Um, we just partnered up with BWI. With, we have a Sprinter. Okay. And they have like a fleet of cars. So, you know, since they're already doing it, I'm like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Like, y'all take it and, and run it. We Yeah, run it. Like, let's work together. You know, we both black businesses. We trying to get it. Yep. I need something from you. You need something from me. And, you know, people always saying you shouldn't let people use you. But what they say, God put you here to be used or you mm -hmm. you have to be useful or you useless. Yep. yep. So. The people that's use, useless, they never make it to the top because they always worried about somebody using them. I'm always here to serve people so people can use me as a resource, as anything. Like, I want to be useful. Mm. And that's my mindset. I never go into something thinking, I wonder if they're going to use me or try to get something out of me or this and that. I'm just like, I want them to use me. Mm. Like, that's what I'm here for. Mm. And, you know, whatever their intentions are, that's cool. But I know what my intentions are. And I right. feel like once they see my intentions, they like it turns into something different. And then they t it takes me to the next level. Nah, bro, you're you're booming, man. We took, you know, we go by there and you just every time I call you, you make time for us, man. And, and your staff. Great. Love us. Um, always take good care of us. So we could definitely tell how God is rewarding you and not just you, but your business. Thank you. Uh, I want to I want to I want to I want to pivot a little bit still around the business space because. I mean, let's not let's not let's not swipe over that. You said you make fifteen thousand dollars a day Man. in five hours. You're building yes. a ten million dollar. You know, you have a ten million dollar business this year, twenty twenty three. You're probably do what thirteen to fifteen with this new venture that you just started. Mm -hmm. um, I was with Bishop Jakes last month, and on the stage, he um, the last session on the last session, um, he was about to preach a sermon, and he said, "You know what? I don't want to preach." He said, we're all entrepreneurs in here. We're all pastors in here. On the outside, we look great. You know, careers are booming. Churches are booming. Businesses are booming. But our homes are failing. Yeah. And he said, we within the Black community, community specifically, we need to win at home as husband and wife, wife and husband, husband and father, mother and father, family. I want to spend like the last 10 minutes of this show just really talking to you about, because we see that you're winning here, but then, man, yeah. you and your wife have a yeah. dope relationship. How has she played a role in you and Kitchen Crate winning? How are you all winning at home? And how did y'all gather that relationship to work? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't always easy. Yeah. But like, how did y'all get Still not easy. Point? Still not easy. Still not easy. Because yeah. the more you grow, the more you find out, the more... The less time you have, because we all got to die. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Now, before we get into today's show, I want to talk about something that's very important to me. You see, growing up, seeing folks who looked like me on TV, hearing them on the radio or reading their words, it showed me we could own our own narratives. It's more than just seeing black faces. It's about hearing our truths. You see, legends like Oprah and icons like Tyler Perry, they weren't just entertaining. They were mirrors of our resilience, our joy and our struggles. 
That's why NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths hits totally different. It's a whole vibe of celebration, capturing every shade of our experience. Imagine diving into the tales that speak to our soul, from the laughter and love to the real talk about what shapes us. From legends in the game to stories about our everyday heroes, this collection has no Bounds. You see, recently I got to tune in to an episode and let me keep it real with you. It's like sitting down with my family. The host, the stories, it's all about us and it's for us. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant, and it's uplifting. Showing every facet of being black in today's world. It's time to level up our playlist. After today's show, dive into Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR. Wherever you get your podcast. Let's keep making sure our stories are told by us for us. Now, let's get to today's show. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Have you ever wanted to uh, get into a new culture? Or are you even thinking about taking a trip and you really want to know what people are saying around you? Or maybe you're like me and you want to learn something new. I remember how hard it was to learn a language in school because the textbooks, it wasn't enough for me. Well, let me introduce you to my new friends over at Rosetta Stone. It's a top choice for learning languages and has been for over 30 years. Now you can use it right on your computer or on your phone. It's more than just trusting and remembering words. It's about getting deep into the language, being able to speak, listen, and even think differently. You see, Rosetta Stone has 25 languages from Spanish to French to even Japanese and a whole lot more. They even have this cool speech recognition called True Accent that helps you say things right. And there's a special deal just for you. A lifetime membership to all 25 languages for 50% off. So don't wait. Now's the perfect time to start learning a new language. My listeners can get this awesome deal for a limited time. Just go to rosettastone.com today. Start unlocking languages and traveling with no worries by going to rosettastone.com today. Let's forget about all these language barriers and let's get into today's show. What's going on, family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. One day, so it's just right. like, I always, my mindset is let's do as much as we can while we're here. Cause mm. we never, cause I just see so many young people dying like yeah. from health, from getting hit by a car, from this, from that. So like she helped me understand how a business works. Cause when I met her, she had her own business. She like, did? Yeah, she- What was your wife doing? She owned a gym. So she was teaching me like, you know, how it works. So I'm one of those people that I'm gonna be around you, I'm gonna learn it, and then I'm gonna just mm -hmm. take off. Mm -hmm. And you know, her watching me grow, she was just like, I never seen nobody work like you. Like you were <laughs> one of those dudes, you didn't have nothing. Like when she met me, I was like sleeping at my friend house. What? And she still, still you know, was cool with it. So I was yeah. just like, all right, cool. And you know, coming home, we gotta really communicate with each other. like. Yeah she has to know everything that I'm doing and I have to know what she's doing and I have to let her know what I'm doing just so 
nothing gets overlooked because like you said, we just had a baby. So I got to make sure I'm spending time with my baby. I don't want my baby not to not call me daddy, you right, know? Right, right. When we first had her, I had to go to Dubai for a month. So I almost missed Christmas working. I came home the day before Christmas and she was just like, you got to figure this out. Like, you cannot. This is her first Christmas. You almost missed it. Like, Dang. the next year, same thing happened. Same thing? <laughs> but this year, I said, you know what? It's going to be my change. I'm not working <laughs> <laughs> towards, you know, close to Christmas anymore right. because I always get stuck in that country, wherever country I'm. I don't know how, but I always make it home like a day before Christmas no. to, you know, be with the family, cook, open gifts. Yeah. But, yeah, like, you, and she got to hold me down, too, because mentally... I can't talk to friends about the things, like you said, on the outside, it looked like we're doing great. I'm booming, this and that. But on the inside, it's like sometimes you're lonely. You don't yeah. know, you know, who you can trust. Right. Family members start turning on you. You don't know who you can talk to because they might spread false information. They said you said it. So yep. it's like you got to lock in with your wife and say, you know what, it's us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Y'all gonna fight here and there. Nobody's perfect, but you gotta understand we are on the same team. Like we might have had a fight this morning. I don't. I just don't hold grudges, so right. I'll be letting it go. But sometimes, you know, she'll be like, "I'm still mad at you." And I'm like, <laughs> "That's I'm, a woman thing." I'm like, "Yo, I'm That's happy." Like, thing. why you, you know still? Ladies be holding grudges. <laughs> I'm like, "Let it go, ladies out there. Let it go. Don't be mad at that man. <laughs> he just out there doing the best he can." If I, if, I, ooh, if I could transport back and talk to my 24-year-old self, I would tell him not to take everything so seriously. I was, I was the youngest elder at Potter's house at 24 years old. And what was stripped from me was the joy of being a young adult. So we get into ministry and we think we got to get deep. And we take sober-minded to mean serious. Mm -hmm. You can be sober and still have fun. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, so if, I'm, if, if I could talk to my 24-year-old self, I would say, relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, first of all, you don't have it all together. Right. You never will. Mm -hmm. So let yourself off the hook on that. Okay? Be hot. Be honest, open, and transparent mm -hmm. about everything that you are dealing with. Don't hide nothing. Mm -hmm. And don't ever, you, you got a girl, I know you're not married, I ain't trying to meddle. But Juliet is my bride and the church is Jesus's. Mm -hmm. And I will never spend more time with his than I spend with mine. <laughs> I'm all sold out for ministry. I'm all sold out for the local church. I served it well. I love it. I support it. And he's called all of us to minister as the body. But he's only called me to minister to Juliet. Mm. And so if I had to preach Sunday at somebody's church, right, um, and I got sick, they're going to find somebody else to preach. Yes, sir. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, Tim was supposed to come. He ain't here. Bye. Right? <laughs> if my plane would have got delayed, AO could have been like, so anyway, we're just going to do a whole Q&A night, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and keep it moving. Yeah. But I can't call nobody to go take Juliet out on a date for me. That's good. Talk, man. Talk. Cause, That's good. So don't, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you one more story and then I'll shut up. So uh, I was young, like I said, I was a young adult pastor at Potter's house. We had, a, we had a revival. It was dope. I'm driving home and I'm thinking about the whole night, and it was just beautiful. And I, something dawned on me. And when it dawned on me, I said, you just used me. And I like, I like moved God the Father out of the way from God the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Jesus, you, I want to talk to you. I said, you just used me. I said, you just used me to minister to your bride, to encourage your bride, to correct your bride, to exhort your bride, to um, speak life into your bride. I said, I'm in a competition with you from now on. Mm. I said, I will not have better words to say to your bride than I have to say to mine. Mm. Everything about ministry taught me how to love my wife. Mm. 
Mm. And it taught me how to keep my priorities straight. Mm. Bishop uh, wanted me to go to uh, Megafest South Africa the first time that they went in 2008. No, in, yeah, in 2008. Uh, Nathan was two and a half months old. Bishop wanted me to run the whole thing. It, it, I, I was going to meet um, Nelson Mandela. He was still alive at the time. I was going to be able to go to Swaziland. And this is an iconic conference that's going to be on, uh, on the continent of South Africa for the first time. He wanted me there. He personally told me, I need you there. And I told him I can't come. I said I would be setting a bad precedent to Juliet mm. to be on the other side of the world with our firstborn child just being born. I said, you know I'll serve you and I'll do whatever I can. I can't do this. Mm. He didn't like it, but he respected it. So you don't have to compromise your values to serve God or serve man. Mm. So once you figure out what it is that are core values to you, minister out of that. And the moment those boundaries get crossed, make sure to calibrate and bring them back in. But I promise you, you can be in ministry for the next four decades and there's still going to be more to do. So always know when to say stop because the church is the neediest woman that's ever been on planet Earth. You know, she just me, is. And, and let me add this too, man. At 24, if I can go back to my 24-year-old self, you know, there's one thing I would, I would do differently. I would watch who has my ear, who's speaking into my ear. I think that's at 24, really I allowed so many different people to speak mm. into my ear that I lost my own voice. Mm. That, that their voices became my voice. And it was 10 different people mm. who called themselves men of God, mm. wisdom, mm. brothers, mm. homies, friends. Mm. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. And I never heard actually from God because I looked at all of them as my God. And so at 24 years old, I, if I could go back to myself, man, um, I would be like, yo, Ayo, he has your voice, the rest of them don't. That's good. And if I just had one person and I dive deeper into my word, someone asked me earlier in the VIP, they said, man, how do you hear from God? Like, how do you know you hear from God? It's easy. If you don't hear from God, that means you're not in your word. It's great. Simple. Yeah. And so the more voices you have, then that's the more friction between you and God. It's great. And so I, if at 24, that, two, just make sure you're praying that she's your wife. And if, she, and if you hear from God and she says she's your wife, let no one else say she's not. Whoop! Yes, sir. And then as soon good. as he say that, get her. Because Lord Jesus, being 39 years old and not married. Ha! <laughs> See? Listen, What's your I'm, cash app? <laughs> oh, uh, Jesse Prada. J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. S-S-E-P-R? P-R-O-D-A. <laughs> it's not your birthday. <laughs> oh, I like how said, oh, I didn't put the little sign in front of me. I like how you said that real quick, too. You ain't say what for. You said, hey, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. He you just started spelling. Me, hey, uh, <laughs> What's your cast up? J-E-S. <laughs> I'm 24, man. Hey, listen. I got to take her out in the day. She expensive. I'll get it after. It didn't pop up. Okay. But I'll, I'll get it after. Okay. Yeah, okay. Man. All right, man. Can we Thank clap you. for him, y'all? Yes. Happy right. birthday. Happy birthday. Woo. What's up, brother man? Talk to us. How y'all doing? Hey. Uh, my name is Jonte. I want to first say thank you both for all the wisdom and mm. uh, advice and everything that y'all are spilling back into us tonight. I greatly appreciate it, and I know everybody else does here. Thank you, yeah. Jonte. So, yes, absolutely. I'm a new follower of Anthony and now you, Tim. Um, my mentor invited me this evening. Um, she was like, hey, I got an extra ticket. Do you want to come? And I've been blessed since I've since I've. Who's your here. mentor? Uh, Danielle Craig over here in the back corner. Stand up. Let's go. Yes. Love it. Absolutely. So she's a, she's a strong follower of you both. So I'm just blessed to be here. Glad um, you're here. Let's get into my question. Yes, sir. So, Tim, you've said that nothing God gives us we should feel we are able to handle. Mm. With that. How are you aware of the things that he's putting you through to handle it? And how do you embrace that process? Yeah, so, so I'm glad you asked that question because I do want to make sure I clarify. I, I'm not saying that um, when, when God calls you to do something that you can't be excited about it, you can't feel like confirmation that I know that you're calling me to this. Uh, my concern is with people who 
feel like they can do it with him or without him. Mm. Right? Wow. That's how you get a lot of dead churches. Wow. Because they'll do it whether he's there or not. Mm-hmm. Right? What what the um when Jesus is on the cross, the the um the, the the veil in the temple was split from the top to the bottom. There is no Ark of the Covenant there. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence uh, in the temple. It uh, wasn't there. Right. Mm. Yet they were still doing all the religious things like it was. Right. So 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 empty religion is when you can do it without God. Mm. <laughs> right? So I don't so That's my thing good. is I'm confident in what I'm doing now as a podcaster. Because I know God's with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would never say that whether he's with me or not, I got this, I'm going to be a star, it, I put myself up, I, we made us. Like, that whole mentality is just really spooky to me. Yeah. So, um, uh, okay, I got to give you a Bible verse. All right, I knew so, you can go there. I knew you I, get the Bible. I'm telling you, these scriptures, they just be asking. They do. They be vol- they be popping up in my head like talk about me, and I'd be like, <laughs> like I wasn't even studying you just now, but if you say so. Lord Jesus. So so here here's the here's the m- mindset I want you to have. So this is First Samuel 17. David gets ready to fight Goliath, right? So um, you know he's already talked to Saul. He already put on Saul's armor. It didn't work. Blah blah blah. All right. So uh, now Goliath has already talked smack to David, and now David's responding to him. And here's, I'll read 45 so I, can get to, so I can get to 46. David replied to the Philistine. I'm reading from the NLT. Uh, you come to me with sword, spirit, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Here it is. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Mm. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Mm. Exclamation mark. Gangster. (laughs) It's one of my favorite verses. All right. David knew what he could do and what he couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And it was literally teased out in the way he responded. He said, today, the Lord will conquer you. I know who conquers. It ain't me. But today, I will kill you. Mm. (laughs) Mm. The Lord has a role and I have a role, right? It's not all him and it's not all me. The way I see it is this, like I I consider myself to be like a luxury item. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have like a, a, like a, I don't know, 99 Corolla or something like that, you might not do the most with that car. You Mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have the best of everything to put on there because it's a low maintenance vehicle. Mm -hmm. But if you have some sort of brand new luxury car, Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you have appropriate tires. Things have to be, you keep it up. Mm -hmm. And I consider myself to be a luxury item. Mm -hmm. Things that are luxurious require a lot more care. Mm -hmm. You know, I require the best lotions and oils to put on my skin, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because it's a luxury item. Same thing with my hair. Mm-hmm. The same thing with, with just who I am as a person. And when you respect yourself, you look at yourself like that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to going out and, you know, willfully looking raggedy as, as a way to fight white supremacy, apparently. <laughs> that's that's what people say, you know? But, willfully looking raggedy though. Hold on, says what you mean? What you mean? Like like not doing the hair? Yeah. Wearing a bonnet. Like advocating so hard to be outdoors in inside clothes. You know I got you. I and it's like, and it lets me know that you haven't even washed yourself today. Like you don't respect yourself enough. If you got on pajamas, this is what you went to sleep in, right? You haven't done anything to yourself. Like if you if we respected ourselves, we would look better, we would speak better. And I'm not mm. saying that like we can't use, you know, the African-American vernacular English or our slang or whatever, because right. I, I talk like how I want to. Right. You know, you can tell from a lot of the things that I say that I'm from the West Coast. Right. And I like that. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's not to do away with like our culture, but just, you know, speaking in a way to where people could understand what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. And we have the words to describe what we're trying to tell people. Yeah. You know, yeah. if we respected ourselves, we wouldn't go and, um, you know, be like really out of shape. Because if you loved yourself and your body, and I know people get mad at that. Mm-hmm. People tell me, like, you don't understand how hard it is because you're skinny. I don't think people understand how hard this is. Like, this isn't easy to maintain. It takes discipline to not 
eat up all the food that I know I want to eat because I got talk. a sweet tooth, you know? Yeah. I didn't do good this weekend because I was kind of like on vacation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I did eat like a whole pack of fudge stripe cookies, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it requires a lot of discipline. Yeah. And, you know, if you respect yourself, you know, because we have this whole body positivity movement, which I understand. No one should look at themselves in the mirror and hate what they see. Right. But if you... If you're doing self-love and self-care and you want to be, you know, body positive, you should love yourself enough to want to have your body working as best as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, you respect yourself enough to want the best out of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know you have potential in you. You should want to cultivate that instead of dying and putting all that potential in the grave, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It starts with us. Right. Right. If we want to see change, it starts with us respecting and loving ourselves. Yes, it does. And it's not about white people because everybody keeps saying that like, you know, are you doing this for, for them and all this other kind of stuff? Or it's not even like begging white people for things. You know, like saying like, they have to fix this or they're the ones who put us in this. Like, because we're, we live in a whole victim society mm -hmm. where everyone is a, is a full-time victim. Mm -hmm. We're outraged by everything, mm -hmm. everything offends us. But victims aren't powerful. Like my mom would always tell me, you can't be pitiful and powerful at the same time. You just can't, you know? And if we're black excellence and, you know, we, we're so, it's so dope to be black and black is a vibe and all this other kind of stuff. If that's how we feel, then why are we in this victimhood? Mm. You know, like we don't get out of the place that we're in by feeling sorry for ourselves. Mm. You know, the people that put us in this position, they're not going to help us. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. put, they keep us in this position because it benefits them the most. Mm -hmm. It's like seeing a house on fire and asking the people that started the fire to help to put it out. Mm. Like they started this fire and we're looking to them to help put it out. We Ain't have help. to. We gotta do it ourselves. We have to do something. Yeah. And it starts with the black community, boy. <sighs> Eric, you need you need to start a show and come on network. <laughs> Cause you know you you, you speak in my language. I, I'm telling you this right now. I'm I'm like, why are we giving? And I hate saying white people. But I think why are we giving the people, who put us in this position, that much power? Exactly. By always saying, well, they, 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 they. Right. Rather than saying, okay, we acknowledge that this is an issue. Yes. It did happen. Yes. And it needs to be resolved. But why do we keep bringing it up? Rather than saying, all right, cool, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. How do we progress forward? Exactly. Okay, Erica, you got a business. How can I sow into you? That then sows back into the community that I can benefit from. Right. Okay, CJ, you got this. Okay, bro, you got this. Okay, you got that. Like, how can we all come together and progress forward mm -hmm. rather than always complaining and always arguing about what they did? Right. For me right now, I'm like, well, who the heck is they? Mm -hmm. I'm done talking about they. Right. I want to talk about them in the future. What are we doing? Exactly. And what? how are we going to set them up to succeed? Mm -hmm. Like, it starts with us. Right. And that's the type of mindset that it should be. Because that's what the scriptures say, Proverbs 13, 22. You say you love the Lord too, E. He <laughs> said that's what the scriptures man. say. You know what I'm saying? A good man leaves up an inheritance for his children's children. Talk that talk, E. Talk that she save, y'all. Y'all, boy, let me try to tell you right now, boy. Y'all better slide them DMs, boy. Oh, yeah, you don't know. My my so my parents are uh, yeah, I'm a preacher's kid. You're a preacher's kid. Yeah. From the West Coast? From the West Coast. I don't wanna say where you live, but in that city? Yeah. Well, they're in yeah. Yeah. Near that city? Yes. Okay, cool. I won't put a person business out there, you know what I'm saying? But that's, that's what's up. I'm pro I probably I probably am aware of them, you know, because that means, you know, yeah, it won't leave right there. Okay, okay, okay. I feel good now, boy. We might have <laughs> like another hour now, boy. She love the Lord. She know the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DM, she's single. Um, anyways. <clears throat> hey, we, we, I think black love starts with really acknowledging where we got to get better at. Right. You know, my, my platform is really all about how do we build wealth? How do we eliminate debt? And how do we start as a black community? How do we start creating and owning the tables that we create? Like, how do we take our lives back into our control mm -hmm. and we own that, right? Right. 
And one of the things that I'm always hearing from the black community is, well, white people, the system wasn't made for us. Right. Um, I'm always hearing, well, the white man will, won't won't let us win, or right. this this won't happen. We got to get reparations. We got to get this. We got to get that. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, man, if that's if that's how we're going to think, we're never going to change. Right. And here's the truth: I don't think that we'll see major changes in my generation. Right. Uh, but I was reading a book um, called uh, The Wealthy Family, and they talk about how uh, all these white families, um, how they were able to send down generational wealth to 10 different generations mm. and how the wealth continued to stack up, not go up level and then die. Right. You know, it was like, oh, every generation just stacked up. And it became and it was because that family was very strategic. They had board meetings in their families. Mm -hmm. They had family meetings that was mandatory. If you and your spouse, if you married someone else, you and your spouse had to come to that meeting. Right. Um, if you had kids and uh, and if they were above 15, the kids had to be at the family meeting. Right. And I was sitting there, I was like, man, when is the last time we've seen this in the black community? Right. You know, when have we sat here and said, okay, son, hey, get this. Um, and I felt convicted. I went on vacation about a month ago on a sabbatical, and I really felt convicted for myself because I have the estate plan. I have the money part that I'm leaving in generations. But I really didn't go deep and think about my, my ninth grandson, who would never meet me, mm -hmm. right? And I'm literally now in a—I'm spending the rest of this year— um, writing and thinking about my black ninth grandson. I'm writing Kim a letter. I'm writing that generation a letter from myself. I'm starting a journal that by the time it gets to them, I, they will see me, my son, daughter, whoever, that they will see the generation of leaders right. by the time it gets them to read, okay, hey, this is what we learn from. This is the mistake. This is what we learned from. This is what we did. Mm. This is what I would not do. And by the time it gets to them, they can learn about relationships, money, mistakes, uh, God, you name it, from my perspective, 10 generations before them. Yeah. And I think in a black community, if we really love the black community, it starts with us really thinking about the, the grandchildren we will never meet. Facts. That is such a huge... That is such a big deal to me, mm. you know, which is why, like, that scripture is so important because it's like we have to think bigger than ourselves. And that's what the problem is. Like, you you spoke about when you were younger and how you were selfish, and that's what it is a lot of the times. People that do have platforms, mm -hmm. they might have started out in a way that was like, okay, I want this to benefit our community. But then things shift, and it becomes more about the ego and self and all of that and people don't work together as much as they should, or, you know, it just, it becomes like a routine, you feel me? But I feel like what is really important is understanding that it's, it's not, it's bigger than just me, and it's bigger than this time period, but it goes generations beyond. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.